Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast. We have honest conversations about things that make us different. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. I've been in recovery for 13 plus years and am the author of Discovering My Scars, my memoir about my mental health struggles, experiences, and faith. I'm a lawyer turned pastor who's all about self-awareness and emotional health because I know what it's like to have neither of those things. Beth and I have been friends for six years, have gone through a recovery program together, and when I wanted to start a podcast, she was the only name that came to mind as co-host. And I didn't hesitate to say yes, because I've learned a lot from honest conversations with Steph over the years. We value honest conversations, and we hope you do too. That's why we do this, and why we want you to be part of what we are discussing today. What is our topic today, Steph? It's more of a statement, Beth. We're just going to tell you why. Anxiety is stupid. It's stupid. (laughs) It's just stupid. What do we mean by that? I mean, are we saying that people who experience anxiety are stupid? No. No. Do we mean that there are some feelings that are stupid? No. We mean that sometimes an anxious response can feel like it comes out of nowhere. And in that way, it can feel like, oh, this is stupid. Why do I feel like this? Yeah. And it's annoying and when you're already feeling anxious and scared about something that it in anxiety can cause like so many issues it can cause like stress responses can be like the same as like smoking i mean it's ridiculous the things that it can do the physical things it can do to your body it's just stupid and we talk right. about that today <laughs> yeah and we're not judging it anyone else's experience with it right we're just sharing our own experiences with it and how we have felt about it well yes? Yes. And I, you know, the reason why we picked this topic for today is because I just had a full blown panic attack a week ago. And um, I've experienced anxiety off and on throughout the years. And um, I've also experienced panic attacks. My first really big experience with panic attacks was when I worked for Apple um, in, uh, in Orlando. I don't know if you've ever been to an Apple store. There's a lot of people in Apple stores. They're very popular because they're awesome. I love Apple stores. But there would be times when there was so many people around me um, that I couldn't handle it. And then people would be angry and I was the leader. So people would yell at me and then team members would be angry and yell at me. And it was a lot. It was a lot to take as a leader and someone that's supposed to be, you know, level headed and be able to handle these things. Um, I had a lot of a panic attacks when I actually worked there and I would go on like my 15 minute breaks and kind of just break down and then go back to work because I had to. There was no other option. I had to get back there. But um, for me, anxiety is um, just kind of racing thoughts and just like overthinking and getting stressed about something and being nervous about something and all those things can pile into anxiety. And then when there's multiple sources so, you know, I'll tell the example of what happened this weekend. My my dog, Mac, we've been talking about, uh, you know, we've talked about her before. She was sick and she um, she she is sick. She has kind of an ongoing thing that um, that a lot of greyhounds have coming out of Florida. And I've been dealing with it, but she got really sick this weekend. And I was really anxious about it because, you know, when you see someone you love in pain, you you know that feels it just like you feel helpless and I felt helpless and I felt like I wanted to help her and do what I could. Um, but she was off and she was struggling with things and I um, was getting very anxious about that because because of seeing her in that pain, but also because um, we're recording this in 
May of 2020. And so uh, we're still still dealing with the, um, you know, the global pandemic of coronavirus. And so I've had a lot of anxiety lately because that's kind of been overshadowing everything. All the normal things, all the normal stresses in life has been, that's been an extra weight on top um, of everything that's been happening. You know, I lost my, um, my papu last month and, or this month, and I wasn't able to go to the funeral because of the pandemic. It's just weights everything down and makes everything more heavy. And so I've been able to deal with Max illness before, but, but this time I over, was overthinking everything. I thought, well, if I have to take her to the emergency vet, how am I going to do that? Are they even accepting people? Um, how can I deal with this on my own? And I was very just overthinking everything. And I was having a hard time breathing and having a hard time processing. And I wanted to, well, and I wanted to call my mom and have her come over and like make everything better. Um, but then I also had had a sore throat earlier that day. <laughs> and that seems like no big deal, but a sore throat can be a can be a, right. a symptom of the COVID-19. And so in my mind, I thought, what if I have the virus? I don't want to expose my mom to it any more than I you know, probably already had. And so I felt it was selfish to call her and to have her come over. And so I was getting more anxiety because that's all I really wanted was my mom. <laughs> I was like, I just want my mommy here. And um, so I called my sponsor. So we've talked about in the past that I have a recovery sponsor through Celebrate Recovery. And I called her and I said, I was kind of talking to her through everything. And, and I told her, I really just want my mom. And she's like, well, can you just call her and tell her what's going on and let her decide? Don't ask her to come over. Just let her decide. And so I finally, you know, got the courage to call her. Of course, my mom came over. Um, and of course, she wasn't mad. And she said, you know, and I told her, but what if I have the virus? And she's like, if you have the virus, we'll deal with it. Don't even worry about that, which was such a relief because it was just like that was part of the swirling of thoughts was the swirling and swirling and swirling. You know, it's a long, long story, but Mac is OK. My puppy's doing great. Um, I have talked to the vet. We have some medications for emergencies for things like that in the future. So she's good. Um, my mom did spend the night. I had I needed that, like just knowing she was there and that was what I needed and I was able to get through that panic attack, but it was, uh, I, the biggest thing was my brain just kept racing. I couldn't turn it off and I was having to consciously breathe. Like I was having to deep breathe. And even the next day I was still felt very much on edge that I could like swirl back into that, like swirling of, of panic again. Um, I didn't, but it just felt like, you know, I, I had to see results that like, Mac was doing okay. I had to see like, okay, she's eating. Okay, she's, you know, doing this, doing that. So I still had to see those results to be able to kind of calm. And now I'm much calmer about it. I can talk about it. I can breathe. Um, but I've already taken steps to prevent, not prevent it because I don't think I brought on the panic attack. I don't think I like, I think it could happen again, especially just with this heightened um, state that, that I'm in, in the world's in. Um, but I have created a list of things I can do when I'm in that state. What do you think is at the root of it? Is it, is it that things are out of control and that's the, that's what's spiraling? There are so many unknowns right now and my brain and my personality, my, my personality always tends to like overthink things. That's just, I'm an introvert. I'm a thinker. 
And I tend to just process everything in my head and don't really put it out there in the world. I just process it. And so I think when there's so many unknowns out there, like there is right now, I mean, my job is unknown right now. I think mm. your job is unknown. I think a lot of our jobs are unknown. That that simple that simple thing that we all like, I mean, it's something that fluctuates for all of us at different times, but I think that simple thing is like, that's unknown. I mean, our food supply is unknown. Our, you know, just our way of life is unknown. There's so many unknowns right now. And I think that's what is contributing. So every, so like my dog being sick in the past, it was a bummer and I dealt with it. But now my dog being sick on top of the unknowns of life just bared down on me and just like got me into a swirling world that I had never been in before uh, or hadn't been in in a long time. So you say that you haven't dealt with it in a long time. Is it connected to depression? Because we've talked about that. We had an episode about, uh, we had an honest conversation about depression. And and I know that anxiety and depression can be related. So is that part of what's happening right now? So that was one interesting thing that I, I realized. So this, my panic attack happened on Saturday. And on Sunday, some a realization I had. In the past, I always thought of depression and anxiety as not one and the same, but complementary of each other, that they were, you had one with the other. And I never saw, I, I never could see how you could have one, but not the other. Like it always seemed like they were hand in hand to me um, because for a good amount of my 20s specifically, I was depressed. Uh, I just constantly was depressed. And so when I was depressed, and the anxiety was on top of that. It was like depression and anxiety. I had them both. But I realized on Saturday, there was no ounce of depression. I wasn't depressed. It was pure anxiety. It was pure panic. And I wasn't um, experiencing depressed thoughts or feelings. It was purely anxiety. So um, it did make me realize that you can have anxiety without depression. It can be two separate things very easily. Because, for example... When I'm depressed, I don't want to be around people. I don't I don't think I want my mommy when I'm depressed. I just am like, you know, I just want to be here. But with when I had anxiety, I mean, I I went through my head. I even thought of like I was thought of all the people I could have come over. I even thought yeah. about you, Beth. I was like, yeah. I know she would come over, but I would. Then the virus and then I you know, all the things, but I thought through like I wanted someone here with me. I need another person. And I thought through all the people when I you know, like I said, when I initially thought I can't ask my mom, that's not fair. But then I never think that when I'm depressed that I want a person with me. I want someone to just be with me. Um, I don't typically, I'm not going to say I never do, but so that, that was something that was different with, with this panic attack. It's like, I want someone with me. I just need someone here to like be a brain of reason. And so that was an interesting realization to me that it, it is definitely two separate things. I don't think that you're alone in, in having anxiety and having it um, amplified or having it present during this ongoing pandemic time because I had a friend post on Facebook. Um, it was really funny how she said it. So she woke up in the middle of the night with indigestion, like just normal indigestion. It just happens every once in a while, you know? And she said her first thought was, oh no, Rona's got me. Mm -hmm. Right? Because because it, it, something bad is happening in yeah. my body. It must be, you know, it must yeah. be this virus that's sweeping the world. It's mm -hmm. infected billions of people. Um, she said, you know, 
it didn't take her long to talk herself down off the ledge, but, um, but still that was her first thought. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is this heightened sensitivity to yeah. it. And it's like, you're saying, you know, normally if normally our, our baseline is low enough that we can kind of deal with the regular things that come along, like, you know, Mac having a bad day or something. Well, our baseline is, uh, the baseline of how we're feeling is not at our normal baseline. It's elevated. And so it makes us, I think, more sensitive to the things that we can't control and to the things that are unknown. It's like my, the, the bucket of unknowns that I can deal with, it's already kind of full with yeah. things that are, you know, that weren't true a couple months ago mm-hmm. or three or four months ago. So it can make it hard when something else goes wrong. With that, I also was like, most of the time that I was like, had was in the panic attack like I literally thought I was gonna vomit the whole time which I know is gross but like is part of that's another symptom and I was like I never did but I literally like my body I was having physical reactions to to this just like you know your body physically reacts to stress in so many crazy different ways right and it's just like which is which I've been dealing with this whole time during the the pandemic season because I've had to every time I'm having oh by the way the sore throat went away (laughs) Excellent. <laughs> By the way, um, <laughs> and I have to keep reminding myself, I have to keep processing and saying, have you experienced this kind of sore throat before? Is this normal for you? And I realized, yes, I've experienced this kind of like, you know, tightness or whatever. I've experienced it before. So don't go to the bad place. You know, have you experienced feeling sick before? Yes. So I've there's throughout this whole time, I've had to remind myself like, is this a normal occurrence in your life? Yes. Don't go to the bad place. If this progresses to something, we'll deal with it then. And I think that's part of what I've what I'm taking is my racing thoughts. I think through all the scenarios, and they're all bad, but I think through all the scenarios and I've realized now I need to remind myself, is this helpful thinking? Is this important thought? Like when when I'm getting ready for a, a, an event or something, some of those scenarios are good things to think through. It's good to think, well, what if it rains? Okay, well, then I'll bring this. You know, what if, um, you know, what if somebody asks for my information? Okay, I'll bring my business cards. Those are good things to think through. But those are, you, those are good what ifs. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, what if Mac dies? Well, it, that wasn't an okay thing. It was like <laughs> to think through at that moment. It's like, if that happens, I'll deal with it when it happens. But thinking through the steps, okay, well, then I'll cremate her. You know, those are not okay things to be thinking right. through in that moment. Uh, it was, is she okay right now? Yes, she is. If she needs to go outside, will she let me know? Yes, she has been. And she did. She woke me up three times that night. And that was fine. I took her out. She did what she needed to do. She was okay. She survived. Was I super bummed and sad? Yes, because I'm her dog mom and I don't want to see her sick. And uh, you have the shirt to prove I do it. have my dog mom shirt on. <laughs> so I recently had a, a moment of what I would just call hypochondria. I'm, I don't know, you know, clinically what it would be called, but I have never, ever had a UTI. And I mm. had my first ever UTI. And my first thought was, great, now I have cervical cancer. I had ovarian cancer and now I have cervical cancer. And it took me several hours to remember that I don't have that part. Oh, everything has been removed. Right. Yeah. And so when I went to the doctor, I said, you're not going to believe what I was thinking. And it was a medical student. 
because uh, my doctor's office participates with the with the College of Medicine at Florida State. And he was so kind. And he said, you know, you're right that the symptoms are the same. So it was not it was not out of line for you to think that like, yeah, it had resolved for me. I wasn't panicked about it anymore. But uh, and so I really appreciated his kindness and like his affirmation. And like, you know, it was I understand why you thought that, you know, and yeah. um, but it was definitely a moment of overblown worry about yeah. m- about medical stuff. So, I think we all need to have some strategies for dealing with the things that are out of our control and for dealing with the what ifs that can get overwhelming. So you alluded to it earlier that you thought through, okay, the, the next time I'm feeling this, what are some steps that I can take? What are some things that I can have in place to help myself? So tell us about those. What have you, when things calm down, what did you come up with that you could do? So I have made a list because I thought the something that will help with my anxiety is have is being prepared, is <laughs> being prepped for. Before we started recording today, we talked about it's going to be a, we've heard it's going to be a bad hurricane season here in Florida. Um, and, you know, and I told you that we are doing a little prepping. We're not going overboard. We don't, you know, have a garage full of water, but um, I just bought some coolers in case electricity goes out and we need to put our, our food in a cooler. That helps with things that are unknown, like a hurricane, like anxiety, like we don't we don't know what's going to happen. It's very helpful for me to have lists to refer to. Um, so for my anxiety list, I'm literally looking at it on my on my iPhone. And so my number one thing is to call my mom, which also can refer to, you know, anyone in my, you know, safe group of, um, you know, trusted people. If if mom is the necessary one for that one, then that's who I'll call. But you know, that's number one is um, number two is a week or two ago, I bought this thing and it looks like a um, inhaler. Is that what you call an inhaler? It does look like an yeah. inhaler. It looks like yeah, an inhaler. That's exactly what it looks like. Um, and but it it doesn't have any kind of chemicals or medicine or anything in it. And it literally all it does is you um, blow into it and it has these little dots and it reg- helps you regulate your breathing. So when you breathe um, out into it, it tells you, um, if you've had like a complete breath and it continues to monitor your breathing and helps you to breathe in a calm pattern. And so I actually had bought it right before this panic attack and I kept using it and I haven't been able to use it enough to tell you, yes, go buy it. I will tell you it's expensive and I think it's like way overpriced. Um, but I'm going to continue to use it and see if it's like helpful. It felt helpful for Saturday. So I was really glad I had it. It's called calm. It's spelled calm. I go. And I think they say comma go commie go is how they say it. Um, but it's really interesting. It comes in purple and gray. Guess what color I got purple. purple. And it also has a lavender scent when you, um, when you inhale, like breathe in through your nose It like you can smell that. So I think it's a cool concept. It's doesn't do anything besides, you know, help you breathe. But when you're in the middle of, you know, heavy anxiety, that's a hard thing to do. So I, um, I like it. Um, so that's on my list. Is that like when people will say like, you should breathe in and out of a paper bag? Like when I was mm-hmm. in high school, and I was in the marching band, one of my friends um, dealt with a lot of well, I just remember her that she would have these um, attacks where she was like hyperventilating. Yeah. And so that's what they would have her do. They would have her breathe in and out of a brown paper bag. And I guess she would like focus on the bag filling and then contracting. Mm-hmm. So is this 
is the Calmigo sort yeah. of the 21st century version of that? I would say so because it helps you concentrate on your breathing. Um, and so I really like it. I wish it was a little bit. It's not a smart device. So I wish there was like some more smart features of it because, hey, I'm a I'm a techie. It's easy to use, though. So <laughs> I will say that it's easy to use. Um, there's not a lot of like thinking or, you know, anything difficult about it. So I, I'm happy with it. I'm going to keep it and keep trying it. It's I, I'm not saying it's like a miracle, but it is it is like our generation's paper bag. Um, also, my list is an I have a neck wrap that is can be warmed and it's kind of weighted. And so that weighted things kind of help like ground and like, you know, is helpful. So that's on it's my like list. A hug. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love hugs. <laughs> um, also, if you don't know, I don't love hugs. So that was why right. I said that, um, which is I think the sarcasm came through. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad it did. <laughs> I also have a massage chair. Um, don't judge me. I did not buy it, but I love it. Um, and so that's on my list to, to do drink water. Um, that was really helpful when I had my panic attack. So I have it on there. I have a diffuser with um, lavender. So to remind me to do that. Also, my mom just got uh, my mom has a weighted blanket that she was going to give me for a while and just kept forgetting. And so she just gave it to me. And actually, I've started to sleep with that, even though I'm not like having like, you know, major attacks right now. It's actually I've slept with it the last three nights and I like it. I think I'm going to keep sleeping with it because I like to feel like I'm in like a kind of a cocoon when I'm sleeping. <laughs> and so yeah. um, it it's great because it like, you know, it kind of like weighs you down a little bit but not too much like the first night I felt like I was a little bit like suffocated I was like oh this is weird but since then I feel like I've already adjusted to it and I really like it let me ask you a question about that because I've been thinking about getting one because I I like to have I like that sensation as well but does it make you hot I'm afraid that I'll be too hot when I'm sleeping I actually think I'm going to keep it as my it's actually um I usually have a thick comforter on because I like the weight Right. Um, but I don't like it's too hot, my comforter. And so this is perfect. This is way lighter than my comforter. I'm actually going to get a blanket to put over the weighted blanket just for a little bit more heat. But my mom okay. mentioned because the beads inside are like um, plastic beads or something, they don't retain heat. And so it's a nice, cool feeling. I don't know what brand this one is. This one was actually given to my mom from a friend who didn't like it. So I'll have to look to see what the brand is. But I really like it. It's heavy when it's you're just carrying the whole thing. It's heavy because um, it's it's probably the size of a full. But I have a queen bed and it fits on there pretty nicely. But it's probably the size of a full. Yeah. And you can buy them in different weights. Yeah. Like you exactly. can buy them heavier or lighter. Mm-hmm. And then like you're saying, like whatever they're filled with will determine if they trap the heat or release mm-hmm. the heat. I just thought even the ones that say they don't trap the heat, I was afraid it would still be hot. And they're they're a little bit of an investment. They're not, yeah. you know, they're not cheap. So I didn't want to buy it and then be like, oh, now I'm too hot when I'm sleeping. Yeah. The other the other thing on my list was, um, you know, we've talked about medication before. I'm not a big fan of medication, although I think there's a time and a place. So my last thing on my list is actually medication. Um, I talked to my doctor about this and she has already prescribed me an emergency medication um, that I don't have to take daily. I could just take as a last resort if I'm having panic attack and I really can't get it under control that I can take this medication. So I probably will never take it, but I like knowing I have it. And just, just kind of like with Mac, I have some medications. If the medical stuff happens again, as a last resort, I have that. Um, so I, I like that I have that for me as well. So that's my, my healthy toolkit for anxiety. 
I think it's great to know that there is a medication option that you don't have to just take all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, that can be like, like an emergency inhaler, you know, that kind of a, that kind of an application that that's really good to know. Well, when I called my mom, she was driving over to my house and she told me later on, she said, when I was driving to your house, I thought I might have to take her to the emergency room. Oh no, we'll have to go to the emergency room. And I was like, mom, I would have not gone to the emergency room because that would have just put, that would have added even more anxiety to to it. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I mean, if you've read my book, I actually have a whole experience with the ER um, and um, which was not a positive experience. And so I'm very hesitant to go to the ER in general. Um, I'm not against it. I think there's definitely if you need to go. Uh, but, you know, during the pandemic time right now, I don't want to go to an ER. Um, so so that's also the medication. Like if I got to the state where I thought I needed to go to the ER, I would try the medication first. Yeah. So anxiety is stupid because it's it's dealing with the what ifs and things that are out of control and things that that we can't change anyway so and is that what we mean when we say anxiety is stupid yes and i do want to say two other things that i listed on my list to oh, ask good. myself is is this productive like the thoughts and what will overthinking accomplish so those are two other things that i would ask myself is um, you know, is this thought process actually going to be productive? And if it's not, then stop it. Stop it. Of course, it's not always that easy, right? It's not always no. easy just to, just to, to boss yourself around no. and be like, no, no self don't be not at all. That. And that's why right. anxiety is stupid because it's, <laughs> right. because we know it's stupid that we're overthinking things. It's like depression. Like I know when I'm depressed, but I, that doesn't make it any easier to not be depressed. It's like, right. I mean, mental, mental illnesses in general are just like, it's, uh, they're so complex and they're just, they just take over our minds. And like, I know, like I knew when I was dealing, like literally when I was trying to fall asleep on s- Saturday, I was thinking, oh, we can talk about this on the podcast. And I was thinking of all, <laughs> and I was still literally in the panic attack. And I was like, and I was like, I couldn't fall asleep because I was overthinking the podcast. And I was like, no, this is not okay. This is not important right now. This is not something I need to be thinking about. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is where my brain goes to all. And I just keep going from one thing to the other and one thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's a lot of self-awareness that goes into mental illnesses in, in, as a whole. So I was glad that I was recognizing that I was having a panic attack and I was glad that I let other human beings know um, I am proud of myself for making those steps because that is that is hard. That's hard to admit. Like I'm, I'm having a hard time. That's hard to say, and I, you know, I, I, I admit that I haven't figured everything out. I still have struggles, and I don't think they're gonna go. They're not just gonna magically go away. I'm gonna keep dealing with them head on and keep making my list and trying to keep being the best keep, human I can every day. Right. Keep moving towards emotional health. Exactly. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Um, I did mention it a little bit in the podcast, but I do again want to remind you I have a book. It's called Discovering My Scars and it is available in paperback, in audiobook, and in ebook. And they're available on all platforms. I will tell you my favorite platform for each of those things. You ready? 
I'm my ready. favorite platform for getting a paperback book is Amazon. My favorite platform for audiobook is Audible, which is also Amazon. Right. My favorite <laughs> platform for an ebook is Apple Books. What are your oh. favorite platforms, Beth? So I guess I'm Amazon all the way because I order paperbacks from Amazon because I have Prime and they get here quickly, usually. Although I do have a friend now who works at a local bookstore. And so I've been feeling a little bit guilty about you should so Beth. Amazon you should feel loyal. guilty. I should. Yeah, please should all over <laughs> me. Um, and then I for I love audiobooks. I um, in fact, I'm have a new one that I've started now. And and uh, I you're, always use audible for those. You're actually on an auto audiobook, right? You have I a am. Guest it's so appearance exciting. on an audiobook. Yes. For the forward. That's right. <laughs> Of and discovering my scars, discovering my scars mm-hmm. by Stephanie Kostopoulos, and my but my preferred format for ebooks is not Apple; it is Kindle, which is also Amazon. Wow! <laughs> At the end of each episode, we end with questions for reflection. These are questions based on today's show, and Beth will read them and leave a little pause between. There will also be a PDF available on our website at dospod.us. Number one, describe any experience you have had with anxiety, whether in yourself or someone you care about. Number two, how do you plan for anxious moments in your life? List some things that you can put in your healthy toolkit for anxiety or tough situations. Number three, if you deal with anxiety, what situations tend to make it worse? Why? Number four, how do you understand the connection between anxiety and depression? And number five, how do you deal with the what ifs in your life? In other words, how do you deal with the unknown things you can't control? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Thanks for joining us.